Greetings and welcome to the Redbud Radio Podcast. I'm Trey Bowden, your host and owner of Redbud Mortgage Group here in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is currently experiencing exponential growth in every sector, including businesses, both large and small, as well as commercial and residential construction. Economists are predicting that over the next 10 years, Oklahoma City will experience a population increase of over 500,000 new residents. Well, the leadership of Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce believes the number could push to near 1 million new residents, and that's over the next 10 years. Well, this volume of growth will require those businesses who want to succeed to do business differently. And that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I will introduce you to business owners and entrepreneurs who think differently and who do business differently. They're the leaders who will serve the burgeoning population with the products and services a fast-growing city needs. My guest today is one of these leaders. He recently retired from the United States Air Force with the rank of major. And now he's taking his leadership skills into the world of real estate. This man, although fairly new in the business, is already proving himself to be a leader others will follow. I'm really happy to share this time with Josh McQueen. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Trey. It's great to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, you and I are buddies. We're friends. We've known each other for all of about uh, three months, but we're like brothers from another mother, right? if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and when yeah. I first met you, I really fell in love with you, uh, embraced you, and because you seem to fall right in line with my way of thinking. And we always like people who think like we think. It's kind That's of an right. egotistical statement. I don't mean <laughs> it to come across that way. But I, I want you to share your story a little bit because it's fascinating of how you came from the Air Force into real estate and now you're there full time. It's just a fascinating story. So let's just converse about that because I think it'll bless the lives of a lot of people out there. Okay. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on today. Um, and I'd like to get started to kind of give you a little bit of background on where I came from real estate wise. Um, so I've always understood or grown to understood in my early twenties that, uh, the way to, uh, the way to get financial success mm -hmm. was to set up multiple streams of income. Sure. Right? Sure. And, uh, one of the ways that I saw, uh, how to do that actually came about by accident. So my first house I bought when I was about 22 years old, uh, back in 1995. And uh, we had only lived there for about three years when uh, we got orders from the military that, that we were going to transfer someplace else. And so at that time, uh, because of all these cool programs, you know, the VA program, you don't have to have any money down and you only have a dollar in closing costs because they roll <laughs> everything into the loan. And, you know, your, your home, you actually owe a little bit more on your home than it's actually worth at that time. Well, uh, three years down the road, you don't build up a whole lot of equity if you're not making extra payments. And so by that time, we realized that if we went and sold our home, we were going to be upside down on it. However, what we did realize is that through uh, a little bit of critical thinking and a little bit of planning, we could set up as a rental and have somebody else manage it. And even if we were a little bit of money out of pocket over the course of time, somebody else was essentially dumping equity into our asset. 
And so it was a great way for us to kind of recuperate some of that. So we see, we saw that early on. So in 98, I became a landlord for the first time. Uh, so as a very young man, I was 25, uh, almost 26 years old, um, being a brand new landlord. Fortunately, I had an outstanding property manager uh, who took care of things and, and we held on to that property for quite a while. Uh, but I started to see that as we were moving around, we had the ability to purchase homes wherever we went. Mm -hmm. And so utilizing uh, not just the military environment of moving every couple of years, uh, but also the mechanism of property managers and, uh, and whatnot, we were able to set up a number of different rental properties in different cities wherever we moved to. And so that's kind of what got me started on the real estate side of things. Nice. Now, now you say an accident. Right. Talk about the accident. I mean, you said it was accidentally you got into real estate. How was that an accident? Well, it was an accident because I didn't, uh, in purchasing our first home, uh, I didn't plan on becoming a landlord. Gotcha. It was only through the, the circumstances that unfolded after we, uh, after we purchased that home that we couldn't get rid of it. I got gotcha. you. And, uh, and even we couldn't even break even at the end of three years. Yeah. So we would have been upside down and we would have shelled out thousands of dollars. Yeah. So uh, it was kind of through an accident, through hard lesson learned that, yeah. that, hey, this is a possibility. And, oh, my gosh, I'm building up a little bit of equity in something that, uh, that I'm going to be able to cash in on later on. And somebody else is helping me build that equity while I'm providing a service and providing housing for somebody that may not be in a position to buy at that time. So if there's someone listening to the podcast today that has military connections and relatives or friends, uh, this is something that they could share with them that instead of it being an accident in their life, they can actually be proactive in buying a house wherever they are and building a revenue stream Mm-hmm. by purchasing houses as they spend their career and tours around wherever they go in their in their military career and build that revenue stream. Absolutely. Well, and it's not just it's not just locked into military folks because I mean as you know there's lots of international corporations like IBM, Walmart, uh, it, I mean, the list goes on and there's more corporations that are starting to bring offices here in the Oklahoma City area, as you were just talking about during the intro. And it's even those folks have the opportunity because uh, I know uh, somebody who we're involved with, uh, Rhonda Boyle, mm-hmm. her husband uh, works for FedEx right. and he's been stationed, if you will, up in quotes, stationed at uh, probably about five or six different places throughout the United States, he's had the exact same opportunity. It's just he doesn't have access necessarily to the VA loans. So he has to he has to factor in a few more things into his planning real estate-wise. Sure, sure. So what you're saying is that regardless of whether you're in the military or whether you're a private citizen, developing an extra revenue stream by home ownership is a viable possibility for anyone, basically, if they just play it right and have the right connections. Absolutely. All right. Uh, And you're one of these good connections. (laughs) And being that this is a podcast, it'll be on the internet and people will have a direct link to you. Mm -hmm. So hopefully your inbox uh, gets some folks that say, hey, Josh, can you help me out with this? I'd like to spend a little time, pick your brain about it. And the good thing I know about you is whether that results in a sale for you or not, you're willing to spend the time to help people because that's just who you are. You're a giver and a server. So that's pretty cool. 
I like that Absolutely. very much. Appreciate now, it. tell me a little bit more about how you see the changes in Oklahoma City that are coming about. I mean, we're going to see rapid growth. Mm-hmm. If it's not a million, if it's not 500,000, it's still 250 or 300,000 over the next 10 years is a huge increase in the population of Oklahoma City. So as a real estate agent, mm-hmm. as a strategic thinker, mm-hmm. and by the way, I didn't tell everybody, but when you were in the military, in the Air Force, you were actually in intelligence. Right. And uh, you look like an intelligent guy. Uh, you have a face <laughs> like me for radio. And uh, so that's why we're doing the podcast here. But uh, you took a lot of your strategic thinking and put it to work in the intelligence area of the Air Force and and extrapolated material, critically thinking, and presented it so that decisions could be made. So mm-hmm. moving all of this skill into the real estate industry is quite an asset that not many real estate agents have. So put that brain to work for a minute on how you see real estate needing to be done differently in the coming years to, to meet the needs of these folks. What do we need to do differently? Well, I think one of the things that uh, that people tend to lose sight of is, and and I'm going to come kind of from the thirty five thousand foot strategic overview. Well, you were in the Air Force, so thirty five thousand feet is safe. Ele- yeah, you know, safe, safe elevation. Yeah, safe elevation. Right, right. But the thing is, is when you're supporting the war on the ground from thirty five thousand feet, mm-hmm. you still have to keep an eye on the on the foot soldier on the ground that's taking care of what needs to be taken care of okay. in in the local community. And so that's what I think we need to keep an eye on. And I think a lot of, and not just real estate agents, but a lot of people in general, when they get into the service industry, they get so caught up in that next transaction, in that next sale, in you know capturing that next dollar that's supposed to be walking through the door, that they lose sight of the person that's handing them that dollar. And I think that's where the biggest money is going to be made, is making sure to strike that balance between producing enough transactions but still providing that quality personal service to the people that need to be served and not losing sight of that. Are you saying, let me just make sure I'm understanding, everybody that's listening to the podcast probably gets this, I'm a little slow, but are you saying that as business increases, the focus still has to be on the individual and meeting their needs, not on the dollars, even though the dollars may be coming in faster than we thought they would ever come in. We have to continue to look through that to the individual and make sure we're serving their needs first. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And sometimes that requires uh, that sometimes that requires a different approach. Uh, I know there's some different real estate models out there, uh, but one of the things that I've come to discover recently, uh, I've I've known it all along, but it's become a lot more poignant and a lot more clear is that everybody has a different function. People are wired differently for different right. things. Right. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, if somebody wants to do something that they they can't do it because they're wired for something else. Because if you give somebody a big enough why, they're going to be able to go out and do it. <laughs> um, however, that's part of what team building is all about, is you go out and you find different people who have different skills and bring them together in such a way that they sing in concert with each other. Because the thing is, is that you don't, you don't ever go out to a uh, symphony orchestra and you see nothing but flutes out there. 
Because that yeah. would be very awkward, right? It would right? be awkward, yeah. But if you take the flutes and you take the tubas and you take the French horns and you take the trumpets and you take the cellos and the violins and the basses and the drums and you kind of put them all together yeah. and have them play the part that they're supposed to part play, sorry, play the part that they're supposed to play, sure. uh, that's when you start hearing that beautiful music and you actually get that flow and get to the end product that you want to get to, which is the crescendo of the piece that you're playing. So part of what I'm hearing you say, by the way, beautiful analogy. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, part of what I hear you say is that if we're going to do business differently and meet the needs of this burgeoning population that's coming to Oklahoma City, whether it's real estate or whatever, it's going to be such that we can't do it on our own. We're going to have to align ourselves properly and carefully with others who share our passion and share our culture and vision so that we each play our part and continue to focus on meeting the needs of the individual. It's going to be growing so fast that not one person can do it. Right. You're going to have to have a team. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that people in the service industry make and something that I've noticed as a realtor myself is that every transaction that walks through the door, mm. I have to service that transaction. And that's that's that is to me, at least my personal opinion, that's entirely false because uh, the way I look at it is that I can take care of that person, but if they don't feel comfortable with me and they don't trust me to take care of their needs, then I have no business uh, servicing them and it but it is behoove me to help them find somebody that they are compatible with that they can work with so instead of serving the transaction or just getting the deal so to speak yep just because it walked through the door it, it emailed me or called me or came as a referral it doesn't matter my primary responsibility is to serve that person, and the best service I might be able to give to that person is to make that referral to someone else who will actually meet their needs better than I could. Right. Absolutely. That's so contrary to what current business is today. But isn't that doing business differently? <laughs> exactly right. That's why I had you on here today, because it is doing business differently. So talk to me about, you said something about getting the team together, getting the orchestra together where everybody plays their part. And then you said, if you get down to the why, people find serving much easier to do. And the people that you're serving find a greater value in their service. Talk to me about the importance of why. Well, uh, I started listening to, so I'm involved with a, with a company called Life Leadership. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's amazing. They we can talk about that later because uh, I could go into talking about that for a while. But one of the things that I pulled from them is that regardless of the skill, uh, regardless of the knowledge, if you're not hungry, mm. then your efforts are not wholehearted. And that's one of the things I found as a leader in the Air Force is that uh, I had I've led a number of teams of people. Right. And I've led numbers of teams of people where I've had smart people that had absolutely no ambition. And what I found was it's a lot easier to bring somebody with initiative or with drive in and teach them the job than to bring somebody in who knows the job and try to kick them in the backside and get them motivated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And it's, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the leader being able to motivate the person because motivation is one of those things that has to come from within. Right. Okay. I can do everything I can to try and motivate somebody. And let me tell you, the, one of the worst ways I know of to motivate somebody is negatively. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work very well. Well, we've all been in those situations where the leader, the manager, the coach, whoever, tries to motivate out of worry, doubt, or fear. Right. Make you worry that you're going to lose your position, doubt your ability, or fear that they're going to punish you in some way. They're going to cut your commission or something like that. Right. Worry, doubt, and fear are negative motivators that really don't work. Right. Absolutely. And so I would much rather have somebody that has drive and teach them the profession than have somebody that uh, I need to try and motivate. And so you're saying the motivation comes from the why. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, so I guess the best way to put it is that everybody in their life has something. They have that one thing, whether it's whether it's being absolutely underwater in debt, whether it is um, trying to provide something better for your, for your family, whether it is I just want to be able to help people out, whether it is I want to fill my bank account to, to the biggest it can be. Everybody has a why, that one thing that they can reach deep down inside of them to latch on to that says, this is why I get up early every morning. This is why I stay up late every night. And this is why I go out and seek opportunities to do what I can uh, to help get closer to my goal. And that's that why that everybody needs to latch on to. Whoever it is, it's, it's that why that you need to latch on to, that I need to latch on to, that says, this is what pulls me through life. So the next obvious question is, Josh McQueen, what is your why? <laughs> Well, um, I could be cliche and, and tell you, you know, that, uh, that, I mean, we could talk about my priorities, God, wife, kids, work and whatnot. Um, but really honestly, right now, uh, my why is security because of, you know, and I'm going to be completely transparent here. Please do. But uh, over the last few years, uh, there was a point in time not too long ago where, uh, where we were completely debt-free except for our mortgages that we had. Paid off our cars, paid off our credit cards, and everything else, right? But uh, through some circumstances that I know that God allowed in our lives, um, and he may have even initiated some of them in order to to bring us to where he needs us to be. Um, we made some not so smart decisions and uh, ended up back in the hole we had dug ourselves out of. So uh, here's a lesson from scripture for you is that, uh, you know, when, when there was a, uh, Jesus was teaching on demons being exercised, right? And when you exercise one demon, out of a barren house, but nothing comes back in to fill that house. He goes around for a little while and comes back with seven more, right? So the point of that being, and let's translate that over to our situation. So without the proper, uh, the proper disciplines in place, 
You know, and I will say we made some poor decisions, had some poor discipline in this area without the proper disciplines in place to fill that barren house that we had gotten rid of that debt out of. Things happen, more debt came back in its place. Okay. And so that's our why right now is not just to get out of debt, but to get completely out of debt. And to help other people get out of debt and make smart decisions. My, my whole business is not built around me closing the most transactions out of any real estate agent in the entire Oklahoma City area. Could care less. Be great, but I could care less. My whole business is built around making sure that I'm educating people with the knowledge that I have so that they can make the best decisions possible on one of the largest financial transactions they will ever make in their entire life. I love it. Man, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. So how have you come to this place? What happened inside of Josh? To make this change, have you identified the emotions? The have you identified the pressures that you could you could in, you know share those with us today, just to relate with people? They're gonna they're gonna find this very um, informative and very connective. If you could speak to those, you might help even more people. Have you ever woken up in the morning and wondered? if you were going to have enough money at the end of the month. Mm, yeah. I've been there. I think a lot of people have been there. I know a lot of people that are there right now. Yeah. I know a lot of people that wake up in the morning and they're wondering if they have enough money to get them through the day. Mm -hmm. Well, I have responsibility number five. And for those of you who don't know what that is, <laughs> you need to go to gallopstrengthcenter.com and take the test. Um, so for me, I have a strong sense of responsibility towards my family, uh, towards my wife, and towards my kids. So I have a very strong sense of responsibility. And so when I take a look at where we're at, and I know that we have not been as good stewards as we should have been, mm -hmm. and I take a look and realize that some things need to change. That's, that's part of the motivation. Uh, the insecurity. Um, you know, not, not being able to... I, one of the driving factors for us is, is not being able to help our friends. Not being able to uh, help other people that are in need. Um, you know, we have uh, family... Mm, my parents live in Atlanta. They also live in San Antonio. And my wife's parents, they live in Indianapolis. We have family out on the West Coast. Uh, so our family is spread out all over the United States. Yeah. But not being able to afford uh, to take a road trip because uh, we have just stretched ourselves that thin, that hurts. Sure it does. And... Uh, Want, just wanting to be able to not have to worry about another paycheck coming in. Not having to try and engage my strategic planning to make sure that the money is dropping at the right time and that we're balancing things so that I get things paid off. You know, um, and not having to worry about 
having, you know, wanting to go out to eat every once in a while. Sure, sure. Um, I think that's the, the, just the security of that mm-hmm. and wanting to be able to uh, show my kids the right way to handle the resources that God has provided them with. So in the last few minutes that we have, speak to the folks about how can they, I mean, you're, you're touching nerves. You're touching my nerves. Mm. I mean, I, I'm, you're bringing me to my Wayback Machine when I was right where you are. Right. And how can you, how can you help people get to the point where they understand their why? Because that's one of the most difficult things that we do is understand our emotions and put labels on it. If you can't put a label on it, you can't describe what you're feeling, it's really difficult to get to a solution. So how can you, from your experience, how would you suggest people that are listening to this podcast find a way to get to their why? Other than hitting rock bottom? Well, let's hope you don't have to hit rock bottom, but some of us do. But yeah, other than hitting rock bottom. Other than hitting rock bottom, I think you have to, it, it takes a little bit of introspection. I'm not going to lie. It takes a lot of introspection. Um, it takes getting down to the nuts and bolts of what do you really want? Mm, mm, mm. I like that question. You know, what? what is it? I mean, getting up in the morning and taking a few extra minutes while you're brushing your teeth looking yourself in the eye and saying, what do you want? What do you want? And determining what is it that you really want? Why is it that you get out of bed every day? Why is it that when you come home from work, you either play with the kids or you help make dinner or you sit your backside in the chair and watch TV for the rest of the night? Why is it that you do what you do? Because I think we have become, and this, this could go into a whole nother, whole nother show, but we have become so wrapped up in entertainment that I think a lot of us have lost touch with what makes us breathe every day. So we have never either, either never identified what it is we want, or we've lost sight of what it is we want and allowed entertainment and other distractions to impose what they want upon us, which is basically for us to be the mice that follow the Pied Piper wherever they lead us. Right. And that's what I would urge people is, is quit letting other people tell you what you want and tell you, quit letting other people tell you what your life is about and start determining what your life is about. Start because you're going to derive your biggest why from your purpose. And it's when we really latch onto our purpose and we see what it is that we are truly wired for. And dare I say that God has truly wired us for that. We really determine the direction that we need to go and what is our why. You, you mentioned strength finders and you told people where to go. And, and uh, I guess those that put this podcast together can put a little link down there. They can find it or whatever, or they can contact you if they'd like to know more about it. But yep. you mentioned responsibility as number five strength in you. And, and I want to ask a direct question in the last minute and a half that we have here. Okay. And that is when it comes to responsibility, who or to whom is Josh McQueen ultimately responsible? Ultimately, 
I'm responsible to God. Yeah. And how does that bear fruit or what does that look like in your life? Well, I'm responsible for my family. I'm responsible for the resources I have. And the resources don't just include money. They also include uh, material things as well as my skills, talents, and time. Uh, I'm responsible for all of those and how I put those to good use for him. Mm. Beautiful. Well, this has been uh, Redbud Radio. Maybe not quite what you expected, but uh, it has taken a turn that I enjoy very, very much. Josh, thank you for leading us down the road that you have led us today. It's been quite an honor to learn more about you. And I hope that those who are listening to this podcast, wherever they may be, will find a connection with you and reach out through the medium of, of uh, internet and communicate with you strike up a conversation with you so they can add to their lives some of the things that you have and they can become better people. And that's really what we're all about is taking some of the principles that God has placed in other people's lives and add them to who we are so that we can be strengthened and we can look at whatever, whatever circumstances we are facing and learn to do life differently, not just business differently, but life. Yeah. Well, this has been Redbud Radio. I'm Trey Bowden, your host. Please look forward to the next broadcast. Thank you for being here. This has been a production of Destiny Creative.